This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. And I'm Lyle Taufel and this is... Lawson Walters. And of course we are into Encounter with God, 20 million movement, 20 million people studying the same passage of the Bible around the world at the same time. Uh, you're looking for something there, Lawson. You're yep. looking for the clue, the quiz, the quiz, the quiz, the quiz, the quiz. We are up to this one. All right. This is a Who Am I quiz. And the next clue is, my daughter danced for Herod on his birthday. Okay. So whose daughter was famous for dancing for Herod on his birthday? Mm. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. And we'll give you half the kingdom. I mean, yeah, something like that. Right, <laughs> so that's, that's the prize for the yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Half of the kingdom. Half of, the ki- half half of, the half of our kingdom. kingdom. Yeah. I'll give you half of my kingdom, seeing as I have no kingdom. Yeah, fine. <laughs> half of nothing is still we nothing. We need to get your son in here, because he could promise half of a kingdom. He's a lord. This is true. Yeah. This is this is absolutely true. <laughs> he is the, the lord of a uh, castle in Scotland, mm-hmm. um, Lord Emerson Charles Southwell, and uh, he is a part owner of that castle. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns on the estate approximately a piece of land one foot square. That's awesome. And so he could promise you half of that. Wow. You could stand on it with maybe one foot. Dude, that is such a pickup line. I'll give you half my kingdom. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm a lord. We, we're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to uh, just mention that one to uh, Emery sometime. <laughs> yeah. and say, hey, you're missing out here, dude. There's a great pickup line. You need to be using this one. He was given this, of course, as a birthday present. Uh, a long time ago, I think. What was he? Thirteen at the time, twelve or thirteen or something or other. And has got so much mileage out of it. Yeah. It's that, his um, thing. It's his, his thing. It's his Facebook name, Lord Emerson Charles Southall. Uh-huh. Classic. That's his, that's his thing. <laughs> anyway, let's go to. Uh, and he's got the paperwork and the documentation to go with it. And if you would like to become a lord or a lady, I think you can probably do the same thing. Um, do a bit of googling. Uh, it's one of these things that these uh, owners of um, castles and so forth in, uh, in 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 Europe and England do to raise money. Mm. And of course. If you become a uh, a part owner of the property, then you get a discount if you ever go there and stay. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Easy. I told Emery he should go there for his honeymoon or something or other. Oh, there you go. go. And stay in his castle. <laughs> Why not? <coughs> awesome. Matthew chapter 6. Oh. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are going. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 is where we're going to start our Bible study for today. What have you got for us there, Lawson? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Well, that's an interesting thought. Mm. Because food and clothing is kind of high priority. Yeah, it is. Particularly at this time of year when it's not so warm. Mm. And particularly in the majority of the world where it is not as warm as Australia. Mm. Clothing is a definitely a priority. Yeah, it's a priority. And food is an even higher priority. Mm-hmm. I do not like missing a meal. I dislike even more missing two meals and miss three meals. And 
yeah, I'm not probably a very fun person to be around. And then, obviously, you know, the implication is you can miss enough meals to which... Yes, well, if you miss enough meals, then you die, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's, how, uh, that's how nature works. Okay, so the Bible says that isn't life more than just, you know, food and clothing? Mm. Or food and shelter, we might say? Mm. What is Jesus talking about here in this passage? Why does he make this most unusual statement? Well, I, I believe it's because he's, he's, he's making a point that um, food and clothing are things that people chase, mm-hmm. yet they're, yeah, they're a being that has so much more purpose than just obtaining food and clothing to survive, that there's so much more that they could be uh, aspiring to. And, and especially, you know, you go on reading the passage, it's a very spiritual context of, hey, like, you know, You've got a God in heaven who's going to sort out your life. Food and clothing are things that that should they, they come to you. It's it's all good. You're okay. Don't right. aspire to that. Let's continue reading on verse twenty six, please. Right, the Bible says, "Look at the birds. They don't plan or harvest or store in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are?" Which is an interesting passage. Why would humans be more valuable to God than birds? Well, because humans are, are made in the image of God, right? They made to have a relationship with God. Mm. You have a very different relationship with a creature that you communicate with than a creature that you barely communicate with. Yeah, because you know, if we compare the kind of communication we have with each other as human beings, uh, it is incredibly complex. Mm compared to the communication that we have, say, or the communication I have, say, with my dog. Yeah. I can tell my dog to sit, he'll sit. I can tell my dog to lie down, he will lie down. And that's about it. Mm. You know, that's about the extent of the communication. The rest of the communication that he receives are through my actions and my the tone of my voice, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but it's very, very limited communication compared to the kind of communication that we're having with you as we talk to you here on the radio this morning. Yeah, it's it's the fact that their capacity is so limited that that's what limits relationship, <coughs> that it's impossible yeah. to have that connection. That's right. So I have a limited understand. relationship with my dog compared to the relationship that I have with my wife, my mm-hmm. children, um, my parents, my family, my friends, etc. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, my translation says, Behold... The fowls of the air. Mm. I think we should bring that word back. The fowls? Yes. There's a fowl in the tree out there. Look at that fowl. (laughs) It has such negative connotation. (laughs) You know, especially because... So, birds is like a a colloquialism for like women, right? It's like, oh, that's a bird over there. Yeah, okay, all right, maybe... uh, (laughs) Let's leave the colloquialisms out of this. Yeah, if you're out there calling women fowls, I don't think it goes down well, Lyle. No, it would not. (laughs) Uh, Let's let's not go there at all. Um, And let's honour the very many beautiful women that there are in our world. Um, All of them beautiful in their own way. And, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't what what I had in mind. Yeah, but that's where I went, so... uh, Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) Do you know a shotgun used to be called a fowling piece? Oh, because it was used to shoot <laughs> <birds>. <laughs> Random, isn't it? Okay. Um, <clears throat> we are of infinitely more valuable than birds, the Bible says. Mm. Okay, verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
Really? Your Ooh. translation says that? Yeah. That is so different from mine. What does yours say? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? So mm. let me translate that for you. Uh, which of you, by thinking really hard, can add 500 millimeters to his height? Mm. How did your translation get that one so different? Um, well, I think this one is really aiming the, the for the... thought is... Yeah, the thought is very, very similar. And that, I think it's the point that Jesus is trying to make, but it's just in a very different, non-literal way as to the original text. Uh, that's what know? happens when you get a thought translation compared to a uh, word-for-word translation. Mm. But can all your worries... Or attempted word-for-word translation. But, like, can all your worries... Like, that, that would be something that you would list off, I guess, in a, in a you know, one after the other, because they're kind of similar to each other. You know, you would say, oh, can all your worries add a single moment to your life can all your thoughts add a single you know centimeter to your stature like they're very similar in nature and they're both they're both explaining the same thing that being extremely worried about the basic necessities of life and how you're going to obtain them is not going to add anything to your life other than worry the two biggest um, mental health issues that we have in australia are anxiety and depression Mm. And this passage is particularly written for people who suffer from anxiety. Mm. Um, and this is what I love about the Bible, and this is you know part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's his manifesto. He does not, you know, sidestep sidestep the natural afflictions that cause us grief and pain here on this earth. Anxiety is one of those. Depression is another. He addresses these directly as a part of his primary sermon on how to live. Mm. And so if you are somebody who does suffer from anxiety, my encouragement to you would be to memorize Matthew uh, chapter 6, mm. and particularly these these final verses that you have here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, they are you know really, really important verses because it's like, well, you know, You don't need to be stressing over all of this kind of stuff because mm. stressing over it is not going to solve the problem. You can stress and stress and stress. You can lay, lay awake in bed at night and be freaked out of your mind, but it's not actually going to change anything. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so um, let's continue on with uh, verse 27 now. No, we read read, 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 verse 28. Yeah, verse 28. 28. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Okay. Mine says, neither do they toil or spin. Yeah. All right. So, Lawson, um, is this something that uh, stresses you out? Do you have anxiety based around your clothing? Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, you know, do do I look weird? That's the, no, that's that's La- the, Lawson. Let me just let me just inform you right now. You look weird. Ah, here we go. I knew that was coming. Oh, <laughs> I, I, well, I think especially in the you know living in Australia, most of the anxiety around clothing is whether or not. Well, for me anyway, is whether or not it looks good because I don't have anxiety around clothing. My wife has anxiety yeah. around clothing. Her anxiety around clothing is anxiety about my clothing because I don't have anxiety about clothing. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, I gotta, I got, man. I gotta make a confession. I, I gotta say. So for the like, I don't know. The last, the last 
last couple of months, I like got real self-conscious about what I wear because a lot of people used to joke that I looked homeless because I would always wear op, op shop clothes. And now I'm like, op clothes are the best. Yeah, I know they're the best. But then I started, you know, buying new clothes and looking good. And now I'm like, I was actually thinking last night, I'm like, man, am I putting too much thought into this? Like, should I just not care? Like, who cares if I look good? And then I was like, oh. Okay, so there is yeah. a balance here. Yeah, obviously. Because the balance is that clothing is a form of nonverbal communication. Mm. And the way that you dress communicates a message, uh, particularly about how seriously you take things in your life. Yeah. Um, and so, for instance, I will um, dress much more formally when I'm doing a presentation, if I'm preaching in church or something like that, because my... Uh, non-verbal communication is that I take this really, yeah, really seriously. Fully. And this is why you'll have uh, important people who will, um, you know, our politicians who will dress up in parliament and this kind of thing because they are taking, you know, legislation, well, at least we hope they are, <laughs> uh, they like to look like they are, um, taking legislation incredibly seriously. Mm. You have, you know, then you have your other celebrities and so forth who will, um, you know, they might be, you know, <clears throat> an actor or something like that or a footballer or whatever it might be, a cricketer. And in their downtime, they're very, very relaxed in the way that they dress because the long and the short of it is that world is not going to end um, if, uh, you know, they're not, they're not making legislative changes to the world and that kind mm. of thing. And so they've got time to relax and, you know, and so dress is very much something that is contextual. We do communicate in the way that we dress. We shouldn't look like, um, mm. you know, a homeless person. <laughs> um, <clears throat> because we need to, we, we should look like we are representatives of Jesus 100%. Christ. What Jesus is talking about yeah. here is anxiety in relationship to dress. Mm. This is something that does, you know, I struggle to understand it because I don't have enough anxiety in relationship to dress. Um, but there are people who really, really suffer with anxiety in relationship to dress. Mm. And this is a passage that's really talking a lot about insecurity. Yes. And we are all insecure. We all deal with insecurity. We all deal with it in different ways, and some people deal with insecurity by obsessing over the way that they dress. And Jesus mm. is like, you don't need to do this. You don't need to feel insecure. Mm. You are of infinitely more valuable than you know the lilies of the field, and look how they are dressed. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think there's like a, a, yeah, it's a bit of a dual application here because it's like, don't worry about your clothing. Um, you got to think of the, the people he was talking to here were were peasants, you know? So it's like they And they would have felt very insecure when they walked into, say, for instance, the temple. Exactly. Or some of the major business areas of Jerusalem where there were very, very wealthy mm. people. Mm. Because their classes were so ruling and the rule, then you, you had those people around you who were so rich and lavish, and yet you were so small, and there was something that was sort of unspokenly communicated about what that meant about you as a person, and how you were, and especially like, considering the Pharisees that were, that were like, their whole goal was like, oh, I dress up good because I love God so much, you know, and so it's, there, there would be that anxiety of like, oh, I, I can't even make myself look good for God like the Pharisees do. So, like, how am I even going to be close to him? Whereas simultaneously, then there's just the whole paradigm of the fact that they are so poor and it's like you get a rip in your 
garment and it's like, oh, I have to go home and sew that up. And there's just general anxiety with where am I going to find my clothes? So on Friday, I was working on an engine. Oh, yeah. And when you're working on engines, you don't wear your best clothes. You do not. You wear your worst. Yes. And so these are clothes that used to be my best clothes and now are my worst clothes. (laughs) So they've been recycled and now they're work clothes. And so uh, you can imagine they are, yeah, they're pretty, pretty. By the time they get to the point where I'm willing to work on an engine in them, they're pretty much done. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm wearing clothes that are just, they're done. Yeah. And I have to come to the office for, for a reason. The office is closed because the office here closes on Fridays at midday. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, there'll be nobody there. So I jump in the car and I scoot on down here to the office. Now, I threw in um, a pair of nice jeans and a T-shirt just in case. I drive into the office car park and there's uh, about four or five cars in the car park. Mm-hmm. I've gone, oh, no, there's actually people around. <laughs> so I drive to the far end of the car park, change into my nicer clothes, and then come into the office. And, of course, uh, the cleaners are here and, uh, you know, the, the, the accountant is here and uh, the evangelism director is here and, you know, different different individuals are here in the office. And I was kind of glad that I'd actually thrown in that extra set of clothes. Mm. But do you think I was being... Do you think I was suffering just a little bit too much unnecessary anxiety? Yeah, should like, I, ha- I thought you I said you just, weren't anxious considering Should dress. I have just walked in looking like the biggest grot on the planet? Yeah, you should, you should have. You should have said, look, I've just, I've been busy. Just, and I could have done. Yeah. Yeah. It's you an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Um, if you have an opinion on that, then uh, feel free to share. 1-800-324-843 <laughs> is the number. Let's read another verse here, Lawson. In verse 29, the Bible says, Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Okay, and this is one of the most amazing things. Human beings are created in the image of God. God is a creative being, and as a result of that, human beings love to be creative Mm -hmm. um, and to to create beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And clothing is one of the things that human beings are really, really good at creating amazing uh, pieces of clothing that just absolutely flatter a person, look good on them, all that kind of stuff. And yet when you look at the simple things that God has created, the lily of the field, look at the blossoms that are coming out on the trees right now mm. um, here in the Southern Hemisphere, just amazing. Our plum tree, our apricot tree just covered in blossoms. There is no piece of clothing that is ex- as exquisite and detailed and delicate. Mm. As those blossoms. Mm. It just doesn't exist. And so when God clothes, you know, my trees with blossoms, he just goes all out and it's so extravagant. And it's completely unnecessary to the process of evolution. 100%. Absolutely 100% unnecessary. And so why does all of this beauty exist? It exists because God loves us. He loves beautiful things. He loves creating beautiful things. And, uh, and 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 as God says here, you know, if God can 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 look after His creation as far as clothing goes, why are you stressing over it? God mm. can look after you. And then in verse thirty, this is like the punchline of like this passage, and it says, "And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you." Why do you have so little faith? Yeah, because, I mean, those flowers out there, we just walk out and pick one. We don't even think twice about Mm. it. It's of such little value, Mm. and humans are of such infinite value in comparison to that. Yes. And God's like, wait a minute. 
Look at the flowers here. Look at how much effort I put into that. And you're worried that I won't look after you? Mm -hmm. You're suffering with anxiety? Mm. You have nothing to be anxious about. There is no Mm. reason for anxiety whatsoever at all. Okay, so where are we up to? uh, Shred verse 30, so we continue on to verse 31. Now, this is like Jesus is, you know, he's making a summary point right here. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I know. 
Welcome back, guys. That was Marion Blythe Peppers with his Eye is on the Sparrow. You're listening to Faith FM. We are about to have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Lawson? Yes, we are. This is a Who Am I quiz, of course. We've been through some clues already. Philip, my husband, was beheaded. I had a grudge against John the Baptist. My daughter danced for Herod on his birthday. And the next clue is, I told my daughter to ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Who was this? Who was this? Because they're she really was a messed seriously up. messed up, evil individual. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. There's a prize coming your way. Lawson, grab a prize from the prize box for us. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't actually announced uh, what the prize is. And so we're going to have something amazing. This is going to be a um, music album. Yes, it's going to be an album. By... Anna Beden. Anna Beden album. Okay, fantastic. This album's called Living Words. One of my favourites has actually... Oh, man. I like all her albums. But this this has, like, one of my favourite songs by her, which is actually coming up uh, not too not too long away, the song Genuine Love. So keep listening for that. that, that that'll be... Oh, cool. That's just before question of the day. Yeah, that'll be in about 10 minutes or so. Um, but yeah, if you want this album and if you know the answer to this quiz of this seriously messed up person, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you'll get this album completely for free. Lawson, right. where did we get up to? We got up to verse uh, 30, 33, pretty much. I, I read that section and then we cut to a song. There you go. All right, so read for us again uh, verse 33. All right, the Bible says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's a great promise right mm. there. And it- Does the Bible say he will give you everything you want? No. What does the Bible say? It'll give you everything you need. All right. Okay. And that's a really important differentiation to make because the prosperity gospel would teach you that he will give you whatever you want. Mm. The desires of your heart. Mm. Yes, God will give you the desires of your heart when they are the same as the desires of his heart. Mm. I love this verse. Like, actually, this is like one of those verses. It's like, it's. Uh, I've heard someone describe, you know, there's certain verses and certain quotes and certain things in your life and they occupy the your mental house. There's like things that make up who you are, things that you hold on to and beliefs that you have. And this verse is one of those things for me. You know, seek first the kingdom oh, of wow. God and he'll add all things unto you because I've you know I've been in uh I've been in, in ministry for the last three years. Yes, and you've been a poor Bible and worker. And I've been a poor Bible worker, like I'm blessed to say at the moment, you know, I get a wage now. Last year working completely as a volunteer like, this verse was on my mind. Like, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and he will add all things to you. And I think it's such an... I, I can remember in those early days there, you're getting pretty stressed out yeah. once or twice. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, I am broke. I am on the side of the road. I have no fuel. I can do nothing. I can go no place. And, God and- has deserted me. <laughs> it is so, like, literally, you know, having uh, Sabbath mornings. I'm driving to to church. I've got no fuel in my car. I run out of fuel on the way to church. I was I remember I was living in Kempsey at the time. Run out of fuel on the way to church. I'm like 25 minutes out of town in the middle of nowhere because Kempsey's super rural. I'm sitting on the side of the road. I'm like I'm so far from church and I and there was no reception either because <laughs> I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm like 
well, I guess I'm just going to have to walk. And so, um, but I'm like, you know, standing there beside my car and I pray. And I'm God like, has oh, deserted me. Yeah. But no, but I was like, God, look, look, I'm just trying to do what you're telling me to do. I'm trying to keep your Sabbath. I'm trying to, to you know, be a part of this church because you've called me to it. Just just work this this out. And I, um, I literally opened the car door to get my backpack out of it, to put it on and start walking. And the pastor's wife drove past me because she had to go home to pick up some she left some food for for potluck uh for the for the lunch at her house she drove you know she she drove back to her house and then she's driving back past and she sees me on the side of the road picks me up and then i get a ride to church and like just little things like that where i'm just like god please help me (laughs) to do this you know and and obviously just just times where i've been just broke as a joke and people have pay you know given me money or, or you know, covered my food bill or something like that. Like, yeah, this verse is something... Living by faith. Oh, it means so much to me. It means mm. so much because it has it, had such a vital part of my life. And I love, you know, the wording. It says, uh, I, I love it more in the KJV, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added unto you. Um, all these things will be added unto you. You know, the, the word seek um, is, the definition is to attempt to find. Um and yet this is promising when we make that attempt uh, we will find you know we we will you know seek you first the kingdom of heaven like when we make an attempt to seek the kingdom of heaven oh we we will find it you will find it you'll be a part of it god will use you and in the process he'll cover everything you possibly need to do it so it's like oh man well, the verse 33 is special for you. Verse 34 is one of those ones that's always been special to me. Oh, yeah. It's been a part of the philosophy of how I've lived my life. I have based <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of things off of this verse right here. So why don't you read for us verse 34? So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let me read it to you in the KJV. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <laughs> Just a great verse oh, right there. Yes. And so when bad things are going, you know, when bad things are happening in your day and you are, you know, stressed about it and you start to stress over tomorrow, it's like, don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Then this is what Jesus is saying. Take one day at a time. Mm. Don't be stressed over tomorrow because stressing over tomorrow cannot change anything about tomorrow. Mm. Tomorrow will come You will have the opportunity to make decisions tomorrow You will have the opportunity to change things tomorrow But You can't change it today So don't try and change it today Mm. By stressing over it in your head Just leave it with God Sufficient under the day There is enough evil things in this day to worry about Without worrying about the evil things tomorrow as well This is one of the greatest verses uh, For people who are dealing with anxiety If people who are struggling with anxiety Can really master this principle of Jesus right here, it's going to be transforming for their lives. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, wow. There's a whole bunch of other verses we didn't get to here in this passage. We're kind of burning started, through time. I know, we're burning through awesome. time. The, the, the Bible study goes on to talk about you know the different set of priorities um, that we're, that is outlined for us within this passage and how it changes our relationship with those in power over us mm. and at the same time changing our relationship with those who are oppressed. Mm. Um, you know, while the Bible instructs Christians to respect and obey governments as far as possible, 
Uh, Romans 13, 1-7 is an example. There comes a point when we need to echo the words of a Peter. We must obey God rather than man. Um, that's from Acts 5, verse 29. And, you know, Jesus put these two principles, both of them in balance in his answer uh, to those trying to trick him into a question when he said, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Mm. And so when we understand that God is there, that God will take care of us, that God looks after us, um, then it gives us less stress mm. in worrying about what Caesar asks for, mm. or in our case, the ATO. Um <laughs> And it gives us less stress in helping out, you know, those who are less fortunate than what we are. Mm. And we should uh, grab every opportunity to help um, others out whenever we can, which is really what our lesson is all about. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we've got some great passages there, Romans 13, 1 to 7, Acts five twenty nine, and Matthew 22, verse 21. We didn't get time today. We'll get to those another day. This is Anna Weatherup.
Anna Beden. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime event as two of our country's best Christian singer-songwriters come together in concert. October 12th, 6.30 at Maitland SDA Church. Call 0413-122-348 now to book your seat. And I'm sure, like me, at some time you have asked these questions. Does God exist? Is there anyone out there? And is God for real? As an atheist for years, my answer to those questions was no. But since then, I've had to reconsider the evidence. Evidence that points to a God of reason, science, love, and hope. I'm inviting you to discover these answers for yourself in my exciting new series entitled, Is God for Real? You can hear Peter Watts starting Saturday, October 19th. 7 p.m. Erina Room at Erina Fair. That is Saturday, October 19, 7 p.m. Erina Room at Erina Fair. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
That was Anna Beaton with Genuine Love. And, of course, we have a concert coming up in uh, Maitland Church with uh, featuring Anna Beaton and... Kemi um, Agendi. Kemi Agendi. I was going to say Sydney Wolverton, but she pulled out. So Kemi Agendi. <laughs> and uh, that'll be coming soon. We're going to be we, there. We've got ads playing, to it, yeah. playing for it. So stay, stay tuned and you'll hear more information about that. Uh, there also is um, our prize for today for the quiz. Quiz? Is a Anna Beaton CD. Yeah. and But there's... I wish I could give another clue, but we've pretty much been through all of them. Is there, There's got to be one more there, surely. Let me see. Let me see. Let me there see. is one more. The last one. Yeah, read that one. The very last one. Uh-huh. Read the very last okay, one. Okay. This is this is what we're getting to now. All right. I am Vashti or Herodias or Jezebel. One of those three women. <laughs> None of them actually really great heroes right there. No, none of them really. Although we don't know so much about Vashti. Mm. She she may have been a decent person. She just refused to obey the king. Yeah. She was a women's liber back in the day. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I just understood what you said. But nice. All right. The question of the day. Are question of the day. What do we got? Here's the question. A civil marriage performed by a celebrant is legitimate in secular society. If a couple are not married in a church or by an ordained minister or pastor, is this considered to be a legitimate marriage in God's eyes under his law? If not, is this adultery? Okay, so this particular question focuses on civil marriages versus Christian marriages because it references church. Mm -hmm. What we need to recognize in the world is that there are a lot of different kinds of marriages. So not only do you have civil marriages, but you also have Hindu marriages, Buddhist marriages, Muslim marriages, Jewish marriages, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, we could say that because a person uh, is married in a civil ceremony, that they have not been married in the eyes of God and are therefore committing adultery. If we were to carry that through, we would claim the same thing about Hindu people because we would say that a Hindu person... Uh, is worshipping false gods that do not exist. Mm. And so they have not been married in the eyes of God. We could claim the same thing about a Buddhist um, marriage because we would say we, you know, Buddhist God does not exist, therefore they have not been married in the eyes of God. 
And so we could make these, 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 these various claims. And of course, those claims could have been made in the time of the Apostle Paul. Um, they could have been made in the time of King David. They could have been made of the time of Moses, etc. for pagan people who are becoming followers of God. Mm. What you find nowhere in Scripture, in fact, uh, it's conspicuous by, by its absence, is any record of any of the followers of God who are involved in missionary endeavor requiring people to get married again in a Christian service after they come to God. And so the very clear implication there is that God recognizes whatever kind of marriage you are married under. Mm -hmm. God recognizes the commitment that you have made to each other as a sacred commitment, and for that reason, no. God does not require you to get remarried. Uh, neither does the church require you to get remarried when you become a Christian if you have had a wedding other than a Christian wedding. Mm. You know, those who were, those who could also talk about um, Jewish and Muslim weddings and saying, well, you know, we don't believe in their God either, and that's a little bit more of a grey area. Uh, people would uh, dispute that one backwards and forwards because, you know, they're Abrahamic religions, <clears throat> and so um, while we might have a different view of God, uh, we do actually believe in the same God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that might be a little bit of, you know, when you're talking about Hindus or Buddhists or pagans or, you know, anything like that, spiritualists, whoever they might be, um, they're, they're very clearly serving a different God. God doesn't require them to be remarried. God honors the promises that that couple made to each mm-hmm. other uh, in the environment that they were in at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if God honors it, then we need to honor it as well. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah. Because weddings are expensive. Indeed. You don't want to have to have them too many times. I had three. No, not really. Um, All to the same woman. Um, Anyway, this is Malachi. Moving on.
Welcome back, guys. That was Mala King with Covenant of Love. You're listening to Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show, which means that we are about to give something away. Lawson is over there scrambling through the prize no, I'm box. I'm not. I'm right here. What have you got for us? What are you talking about? What have you this found? This book, it's called... Oh, this is a good one. Image is Everything by Dustin Hall. Yes, that's right. See, it goes along with what we were talking about in Matthew chapter 6. 100%. Where take no thought for your image, right? No. And he says, image is everything. Image is everything. <laughs> okay, so what is that, it all about? Of course, uh, clarifying that. This is a book by Pastor Dustin Hall that's specific. The image speci- of God is everything. The image of God is everything. That's a great everything. thought. It's a great thought. And it's, it's. oh man, I love, I'm just reading a little bit, you know, I could talk about this, but I just read a little bit from the blurb here because it's so awesome. It says, young people often ask themselves these questions as they ponder the roads of life. Who am I? Where am I going? And how do I get there? Then this book basically goes in. It's an exposition of, of the biblical principles of, you know, how you should live your life, you know, like how you should find purpose and meaning, like, you know, essentially to go to God. This is an amazing book. If you yourself are a young person or you know a young person who, yeah, just needs to read this book to really get themselves on track and know what their purpose is in life, I can honestly say, please get this book. 1-800-324-843. It's amazing. You'll be really blessed by it. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Give us a call right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. We love sharing the breakfast show with you every morning, and we look forward to joining you again tomorrow morning as we dig into the issues of the day. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions If it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you If I go and prepare a place for you I will come again Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God Let not your heart be troubled Believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions If it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you If I go and prepare a place for you I will come again Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled.